0: Welcome to the 128th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's audio podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. In some parts of agriculture, people are starting to take a fresh look at soil conservation and what we need to do to ensure we have the kind of healthy, vibrant humus needed to produce food, filter our water, provide wildlife habitat, and trap greenhouse gases for generations to come. Over the years, traditional soil conservation has consisted of attempts to keep dirt in place through practices like no-till farming and structures such as terraces and grassed waterways. And indeed, such measures have had positive impacts. In many parts of farm country, soil erosion levels are a fraction of what they were just a few decades ago. But there are signs that just keeping soil from being blown or washed away isn't enough. Scientists, conservationists, and farmers are growing increasingly concerned that our soil is, even when not eroding, quite sick. Cutting-edge research and everyday observation are showing that biological activity in the world beneath our feet is being severely hampered by years of monocropping, that relies on intense tillage and a significant amount of chemical use. In some cases, soil has become so unhealthy that it's unable to build its own fertility and resilience, something that it had done for generations before the first prairie sod was broken by the plow. Unhealthy soil is increasingly reliant on large dosages of chemicals to produce crops, lacks the ability to soak up precipitation, and is more prone to erosion. Soil's lack of resilience is particularly problematic given the volatile weather conditions farming is exposed to these days. But in recent years, there have been significant attempts to boost soil's natural ability to protect itself while building fertility. In Ear to the Ground 121, we featured the Burley County, North Dakota Soil Health Team, an exciting collaboration of farmers, scientists, and conservationists. They're working together to build soil health through diverse crop rotations, multi-species cover cropping, and rotational mob grazing. Burley County's success with building soil health has caught the attention of conservationists and farmers in other states. I recently sat down and talked with Doug Miller, who is the Minnesota State Soil Health Coordinator for the USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service. Miller has three decades of experience in the soil conservation field, but his foray into soil health is relatively recent. And he admits it's opened his eyes to many new challenges, as well as possibilities. We talked about why looking at soil as an entire ecosystem is so important and how it differs from the traditional one-dimensional view of erosion control. Miller also discussed some of the signs he's seen that traditional soil conservation measures aren't enough and the steps farmers and others can take to build a biologically active soil universe. The
1: soil is in fact alive, quite alive, and we all rely on the soil for our food. Uh, so, therefore, we are all tied to food, as like we said and talked about the ecosystem that in which we live, we find ourselves tied to the land, and therefore we are tied to not only the land but we're tied in with the microorganisms that make their home in the land and the macroorganisms uh, which are in the soil as well. It's uh, we find ourselves in part of a large food web, which we are interdependent upon each other.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that you really said is important is to take a look at this from a big picture point of view, not just look at this field and what crop I'm going to raise and maybe what input I'm going to plug in, but really look at it from an ecosystem point of view that that's really a key part of this. Absolutely,
1: when we look at at a field or a soil and uh, we we look at, at a broader sense on on the soil as it ties in with the landscape as a whole in the natural resources conservation service we've always recognized that fields are tied in with uh, surface waters, and in the past, we have worked to conserve topsoil and putting erosion control practices on the landscape because we fully realize that soil is best kept on the land where it is productive. Once soil is removed from a field by forces of nature being wind or rain, it moves off the fields and, uh, and that's where it can cause the damage. When it goes into surface waters, it degrades water quality, which of course uh, affects Not only uh, the water itself, but all organisms that live make their home in the
0: water as well. Could you talk a little bit about some of the... There's some real sophisticated scientific tests that can be done to determine what's that biological activity there. But you said, you know, there are actually some real basic tests that we can all do, whether if we're farming, gardening, going out into their own lawn or whatever, that, that you think are some of the most effective ways to determine how healthy that soil is. Well, as I said
1: earlier, the soil is, in fact, alive. In fact, in, in one tablespoon of Minnesota topsoil, there are over 6 billion microorganisms, and these uh, varied microorganisms have important functions. Now, how do we test for their activity? We know they're there. You can't see them. So there are some, some involved soil biological respiration tests, which are involved But for the average person uh, out on the street, they have known and they have smelled the activity of a group of uh, microorganisms called actinomycetes. Quite frankly, all you need to do is shovel down into your garden, take a handful of that soil up close to your nose, and you'll smell that sweet, earthy fragrance which the actinomycetes give off you cannot see them. We know that they are there and functioning by that fragrance, that sweet earthy smell.
0: Yeah, not everybody knows that smell. I mean, there's nothing like that in the spring. You know, if you've ever been anywhere where the soil's being tilled, that's really, it is an amazing, and it just smells like health. You were talking a little bit earlier about how this past, uh, we're having this conversation now in the winter of 2013, but this past growing season in 2012, you really saw some, I guess, troubling things going on with erosion. And, and uh, that really kind of struck home to you, this importance of looking deeper at preserve, not only preserve, like you said, preserving that soil, but trying to build it up.
1: We've always realized that the forces of nature by wind and water can damage the soil. And uh, in our soil health work, uh, one of the main basic uh, things we put forward is to keep the topsoil covered with living plants or mulch, and this is for a good reason. Uh, you're in fact right. Uh, this this last spring in late April, going across Minnesota and on a broad area, planting in the spring went in early in in uh, mid to late April, and there was a big wind windstorm, strong winds in southern Minnesota. In coming off of a dry fall of 2011 and fairly dry winter and into the dry spring, uh, top so, topsoil blew like uh, I had not experienced for in my career, and uh, it's it's a real wake up call when you see this happening. And uh, these were on fairly level fields, so. That's why we need to armor and protect the soil with crop residues or, or, or living plants. It, it does much benefit. Later on in the summer, uh, coming off of those uh, those topsoil dust storms, we had heavy rains. And equally important uh, is keeping sloping land uh, protected with uh, mulch or living plants and because with these heavy rains uh, I saw a, a lot of uh, erosion from uh, sloping fields in the form of the ones you see really obviously are are the the deep rills or the shallow gullies but the real robber of topsoil from rain erosion comes as sheet erosion it's almost uh, you can't even tell how much topsoil it's 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 a thin layer but yet when you apply this over an acre it's quite a bit of topsoil that's get washed off as as a sheet uh just removed and uh that is that is very very detrimental over many years
0: yeah and i think you you'd mentioned too that it, it was this ironic contrast in that you would see with that sheet erosion where it had washed on the side of the hill but then at the bottom of the hill there was standing water cuz this it's not infiltrating into the system
1: that's correct. So, uh, what's the, the problem with a, with erosion? stems from a lack of water infiltrating into the soil. If you have crop residue covering and protecting the soil and living roots in the soil, you open up pores and avenues uh, on the on the soil structure for rainwater to infiltrate into the soil. In fact, that's where we want it to be because we're coming off of a fairly drier summer, when you get that water into the solum or into the into the soil, there the crops can have access through the roots to, to use that water. When it runs off the land, eroding soil as it goes, only to end up in a low area depression, to, to drown out and pond the area, which we saw a lot of this summer as well, yeah. it doesn't do any good. So we lose on two points
0: it sounds like there's some exciting things going on out there that you've you've heard and read and talked to some people who are both farmers and other soil conservation professionals and scientists who are really coming up with some real practical kind of things out there that are really helping uh, out there you talk a little bit about something what you're hearing about there's a little bit of a buzz right now about soil health but it's not just theoretical we are seeing some things that are having an impact right on the land right now
1: Yes, we are in fact. You know, uh there are people out there that are are practicing the the uh the main principles of uh soil health. They're managing their soil by disturbing it less, not plowing it up. You know, let the uh, microorganisms have uh they like uh a lack of disturb they, they don't like to be disturbed. Yeah. And so let them do their function in the ecosystem by not plowing up. Diversifying your plants and the crops on the landscape uh that's beneficial to microorganisms and it's beneficial to the plants as well and of course as we've seen by uh, uh a fall where uh, this year where crops came off in the first week of October if that land was plowed up we we're going to be bare for almost 7 over 7 months before plant canopies cover up that soil again so the the other uh, principle of uh, soil health is to keep your topsoil uh, covered as much as you can with mulch or, or living plants and then the the lastly is to keep living roots in the soil for as long as possible because it's the microorganisms that make their home on on the plant roots and there they give the benefit to both the the plant into us by by making a healthy soil environment and by the microorganisms sec- secrete a substance known as glomalin but we'll call it soil glue cuz it binds soil particles together giving the soil a nice aggregate stability okay. from the soil glue which they secrete absolutely and then the microorganisms are also beneficial to the plants as they make nutrients available. So it's really a symbiotic relationship between the microorganisms and the plants, and, and we all benefit from that. Uh, the work they do.
0: Well, I find that fascinating. It's almost like that soil can build up its own, it can engineer its own stability and its own kind of... Uh... I don't know, it's it's like it's manufacturing its own source of nutrients. It's like this closed system almost.
1: Well, absolutely. And if people think about what happened on the landscape before we were here, these marvelous soils we have in Minnesota formed over many, many centuries, and all that were out here were plants and the wildlife that lived on them. There was no one applying fertilizer or herbicide. It it in fact was an ecosystem which sustained itself. And not only did it sustain itself, those microorganisms in the topsoil built the topsoil to what what, what it is here in Minnesota without the aid of us.
0: Soil Health and Farming, see www.landstewardshipproject.org and check out the Soil Health Profits and Resiliency page. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612 722 6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Grounds theme music, and a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members. To make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to, to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening. <laughs>